All right. Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This week is the third Halloween episode. With me on the line is the official historian, translator, administrator, and other nicknames, Kirsty in Australia. Kirsty. Hi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh my god. I'm doing are well. Are you gonna be talking like that the whole time? Well, I was kind of planning on it. I thought you were doing it too. No, I changed my mind. It's gonna be a bit too hard. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna sound good. So should I record all of this over? Um no, I think you should leave that on. People might enjoy hearing you try to do a scary voice, but uh, I think you should probably stop right now. Okay, well, I will try. <clears throat> so, um, hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? And also, it's not the voice that's scary, it's the words that you say. Okay, okay, yeah, I guess that could be true. And I'm sure people might be a little disappointed to hear that not with us. I'm going to do this in monster voice, though. Is the flip flop thong <laughs> or shy guru <laughs> Matthew <laughs> in Kansas pretty. City? <laughs> so, if I haven't driven everybody away already, this is going to be our third Halloween episode, right? Yes, the only recurring theme. In this episode is going to be me and you because the first one, I think we were both on in a way, right? Well, our children were. Our children were. The second one, I think we were both on and our children were. Our our uh, youngest children. And then on this yes. one, it's just uh, the old parents, I guess. So the struggle. Well, my the struggle my is child's real. at school. Yeah. <laughs> So she can't participate. My child is in probably in bed. I don't know. She hasn't come up here and bothered me to tell me good night yet. So she may or may not do that. I don't know. So anyways, as Kirsty said earlier to me, it's been 10 weeks since she's been on the show. So welcome back, Kirsty. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Yeah. It's, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, you've definitely been missed. Uh, I think people would probably rather me be the guy that was on here occasionally and you be the one who's on here all the time. I definitely wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you need a week off in between every time. So. I do. I know it, like talking for quite a long time just wears me out. <laughs> I can understand. Even though I don't talk as much as you. Yeah, that's uh, it, there's some people out there that can, but it's it, it's a big task to do that. So. So we discussed what we were going to do. Sorry, my throat's trying to recover right now. We, we discussed what we were going to do, and we just said, let's just kind of do a normal show, but with some Halloween-themed things. And as you might see, the title of this show is 666 Halloween 666, but... There may or may not be any mention of Halloween on the show. It's definitely not a show about the band 
Halloween. So I want to get that right off the table. So if you're here to hear us talk about Halloween, you're in the wrong place. I mean, I don't know Kirsty's lists, so maybe you're not, but but we're going to do a top 10 list or 11. We're going to do a Spinal Tap 11 list of uh, songs that have the word hell in them are about hell, scary songs, anything in that realm. We were kind of did an open list, correct? Yeah. It's kind of what we agreed It, it was a bit hard to... It actually wasn't, in the end, hard to think of 11 songs with hell in them, but yeah. I wanted to have some scary songs too. Also, in, in not just doing a list, a top 10 list, because, you know, what fun is it just to do a top 10 list? I mean, usually it's fun, but... It's Halloween. You want something a little more. Halloween's supposed to be a scary thing. So we came up with the idea to review as best we can figure out. We're still trying to work. We're going to work our way through it. But we're going to do a review of a horror movie that came out earlier this year called Studio 666. Hence the 666 in the title of the podcast. So, But before we do that. I know Kirsty is just dying to tell us what she listened to this week, and I'm interested to hear what she's listened to, because obviously we know Matt's not here to tell us what the internet told him to listen to, Kirsty. So how would you classify what you listen to? Do you let the internet tell you, or do you decide? Uh, a little bit. I'll tell you how I decided each thing, if you like. Go for it. Go but for it. This morning I had a notification on Instagram um, say that Natalie Defresny Smith, Adrian Smith's wife, mm-hmm. had started... Um, live video okay and she was at the iron maiden concert ah. i think it's the same one that um justin castado's at okay okay so i saw um some of the writing on the wall and blood brothers and a little bit of flight of icarus okay it was annoying because i was trying to get things done before i spoke to you and i got stuck watching that instead but it was really good and um where so was she where was she where was she at was she, she was she was right at the back really high up Oh, okay. Way up there. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I was just quite often by the mixing desk. Okay. That's cool. That's pretty cool to see. Because this is the yeah. last show of the of the Legacy Tour, too. Yeah, that's right. So she's probably going off for a party now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just about finishing now, I think. Yeah, it's 11 um, o'clock there, so they're probably yeah. done. Yeah. So apart from that, um, nothing much has changed. I'm still listening to my comfort albums. I've still listened to Voyager V. And... <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't know who they are, they're from Perth, and they play 80s synth pop prog metal. And I've seen them, I think, five times in the last four years. Nice. So, and I'm always listening to them. And I'm still listening to Primal Rock Rebellion, Adrian Smith's project, with um, Mikey Goodman from the prog metal band Sixth. Okay. And I'm still listening to Killers by Iron Maiden. Still. And... Um, I think when I can't play CDs in my car, um, things might change up a little bit. Yes. It's, um, part of it's me not taking it out and putting a different one in. Right. Um, I've been going through a 90s phase since I spoke to you. So I've been listening to a 90s radio station. They play like grunge, rock, Britpop. Okay. All the 90s songs. Um, and I use that to tell me what to listen to. <laughs> so, I'll hear a song and I'll be like, oh, yeah. Um, it's been Alice in Chains' Dirt this week. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been listening to quite a lot of grunge lately as well. And I'm going, well, I've got a 
grunge cover band night coming up that I'm quite looking forward to. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on that. I remember you showed that to me. Yeah, that's right. I, I, wanted, um, I wanted my husband to go and see the Alice in Chains cover band with me because they were playing um, Dirt in Full. Oh, cool. And they played Faith Lifting Full last year, and I got him to go because ah. they were doing Faith No More and Audio Slave cover bands on the same night. Oh, cool. But he doesn't like Alice in Chains. What? No, I know. But he does like some of the other grunge bands. So I said, oh, look, we'll go to this. <laughs> I thought everybody liked Alice yeah. in Chains. I know. I don't know anybody here that likes Alice in Chains. It's ridiculous. Oh man. Yeah. Um, with David Crosby in the news, I fancied a bit of Crosby, Stills and Nash. <laughs> I know you did as well. And my dad used to make mixtapes for car trips when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And I realised I only wanted to hear the songs he included, not an album in full. Yeah. Uh, the song I wanted to hear most was Sweet, Judy Blue Eyes. From, it's yeah. just an amazing song. From Deja yeah, that's Vu, right? Cros- I heard that from Crosby, Seals and Nash. Oh, you know what? It could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he had all those albums. Yeah. Um, it's just an amazing song. It's in four sections. Lovely yeah. harmonies. Their, harm- their harmonies are incredible. Yeah. So I listened to some bits. Bits of one album, some bits of another album. Gotcha. Um, and I've also listened to, while researching for today, looking for scary songs or songs about hell or whatever, mm-hmm. one of your favourite bands, Uh-oh. but fronted by a singer that you're not that into. Oh, boy. is, is <laughs> would, would he be on my very short list of bands that I don't like? Yes, he would. At the very... Um, I don't want to say the top because he'd have to be on a step ladder to get up there, but R2D2, you're listening to R2D2. You, you know, you know, I don't like this because I'm short. I, but... it's, it's no, it's nothing <laughs> against you. Look, I, um, I'm a bit scared what to say because I don't want you to make it into some sort of soundbite, but I do get it. I don't listen to him much at all myself, okay. but I listened to heaven and hell. Okay. And dude, it's awesome. The songs are great. And the guitars are, well, they're still Tony Iommi. Yes. Uh, I just wish you could get past it. You wish I could get past it? Yeah, because it's just so good. I think it just, the music's just so great. I mean, the music, think, you to, know, the, the music to the song Heaven and Hell is really good. The music, yeah. I, I like the music. Yeah. I mean, I love Tony Iommi. I know. Anyway, um, I can't really tell you what else I've listened to just yet, because it's going to be a spoiler. Okay, okay, that's good. I will say, I mean, I, I would never, I will never say never about listening to Dio. Maybe there will come a time where, you know, th- sometimes things click later in life. Like uh, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I never would eat onions. And then a few years ago, all of a sudden I ate one and I was just like, oh, this is pretty good. Like it's got to be a purple onion or something like that. So but still, I never would eat onions before, and now I can eat them. So it's just, you never know. And that's something I hated onions. So Dio is like the onion in my life right now. You know, he could be. Could be. I might. Or he, or he could be, he could be like the Richie Cutson in your life. Yes, that's true as well. He might, it could happen. And and I don't love onions, but mm-hmm. I, I can tolerate onions. And, can appreciate them. And I can appreciate them. So. I, you know, as much as I bag on him 
And when people start bagging on my artists that I like, I will def- that's when it ramps up a notch. You know, I really will pick it up. But, you know, for all the bagging I do on him, because the other day someone said, someone said, um, what do you not like about this Dio album? And they were talking about um, um, Holy Diver. And, I, and my response was, I don't like the music, the vocals, or the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, that's the way you do Literally, that. <laughs> that's the entire album. <laughs> Everything about it. I don't like anything about it. So uh, did you listen to any more? Yeah. So you said no more music besides uh, that. So, okay. I, I can't tell you yet. Yeah, you can't <laughs> tell me yet. So, okay, for me, I listened to, and I'll go in. Uh, you mentioned Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and we have a little. Uh, you, you in a group text, you had posted one of their albums, one called CSN, which came out, I believe, in like 77, 76, yeah. 77. So I started looking at some of the songs, and, and someone else in our group text was asking about them. So I was kind of going through the album, going, yeah, I like this one, this one, and this one. And I was like, well, let me scan the album real quick and just make sure I'm giving them the right ones, make sure there's not a few more that I wanted to mention. And of course, I, you know, I listened to one and then I'm just like, okay, let me just go through and listen to the whole album. Cause I love the closer on that album. What is it? Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, I, I, I give you blind. So uh, yeah. I really like that. I like that. It's, it's, it's kind of a sped up Crosby stills Nash song, which you don't get a lot, but there's great harmonies in it. And it's pretty cool. Um, do you have a favorite of Crosby stills and Nash of the three guys? Which one does voice do you like the best? I never really know which one's which. I think it's well, Stephen Stills. Yeah, he's the one that's got the real husky voice. He's by far my favorite voice in there. Like as far as as a solo vocalist, like when they sing together. I, I mean, it, the magic is when they all sing together. So, but I, I can tell when I listen to who's singing. I, when I hear it, I can go, okay, that's that's Graham Nash or that's David Crosby. But Stephen Stills has that real huskier uh sounding voice i think like graham nash i think is the one who sings i give you blind he sings the main lead mm. but there's a lot i love their harmonies i love their harmonies so much so we were both raised on them you know yeah that's right up, so it's just like even if i didn't want to like them i couldn't help it so uh another album i listened to this week uh i was in a conversation with somebody that i love to hate and um the person in the con- I won't name the name. Uh, he'll probably know when he hears it. But, you know, we go back and forth a lot in a group chat and really rib each other a lot. But something was going on with me, you know, and I've, I've, everyone knows I've had some personal issues going on. And I was just talking about it and and something. And, and the guy just came back with the nicest response to me about, look, this stuff doesn't even matter, dude. You make sure and take care of this. And it was just very, very nice. And and I was just like, uh, and I was like, man, the more that I hate him, I love him. <laughs> and, and there's a song on this album by Kiss called "Love You Love Me to Hate You. It's a, and the album's called Hot in the Shade. So I turned it on just to listen to the song. And then I just ended up listening to the whole album. So I really like that album a lot. So certain people don't like it, but I I, I really like a lot of it. So. Um, another album I listened to, uh, a, a new album, and I listened to it the day it came out, and I hadn't played it since, but this week I played it three or four times, was By the Cult, Under the Midnight Sun, which is a really, I think it's a really good sounding album. There is nothing on there I want to skip. Yeah, it's like 80s cult, isn't it? It's Yeah, it, it, there's some throwbacks to like the love era, I thought. Yes. Uh, it's, but it's really solid. It's, it's kind of dark, you know, a little bit of dark in it. and But man, I just think it's, 
Ian sounds really good. You know, Billy's guitars always sound good. It's just a good, it's an interesting sounding album. And I, I really like it. I, I just played it and then it, I, it's easy to let it just start back over and play again. So um, based on last week, uh, there's a couple of albums, uh, bands that I listened to. I listened to The Real Thing by Faith No More, the first album with Mike Patton. I won't say a lot about that because that might be something that me and my brother might end up talking about on the podcast at some point. Uh, even though it appears a lot of people don't want to hear anyone talk about Faith No More and Pantera. So even though like oh, you it's, said it's that, only been out a couple of days because that's we're true. recording early, aren't we? We are recording early because So people haven't had the weekend yet. That's true. And this time tomorrow, Kirsty, this time tomorrow, I will be watching Wasp on their opening show of their Yay. tour. I can't wait, man. It's been since 1989 since I saw them. I'm so happy for you. I am too. I can't wait. I can't believe I'm going to be at the opening show. So no, no set list spoilers, you know, that mm. I'll have to try to avoid or anything like that. I can't wait to see what the set list is too. So, uh, let's see. So I'm seeing a band this weekend too. Who are you seeing? Tame, Im- Tame Impala. And what from, are they? They're are from they? Perth. What are they? They're um, something alternative. The only song I really know by them is Elephant. Mm-hmm. And the main reason I know that is because the Wiggles did a cover of it <laughs> and it won the hottest 100 this year. Um, but, you know, I'm taking my kids. I'm looking forward to going out and seeing some live music. I meant to ask you this. Um, what did you, you mentioned Voyager um, earlier. Yes. There was something I was going to ask you about it when you were talking about. I was trying to remember you there from, they're from Perth. Um, mm-hmm. You told the kind of music they do. Was it about submarine? No, I can't remember. I, I'll ask you if I remember it. Well, the year, you the year of vision. Yeah, they were on. I can't remember what I was going to say. There was something I was going to ask you about it when you talked about it, and I thought, oh, let me ask her this real quick. And um, I can't remember. I'll 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 remember it after we hang up, probably. <laughs> so yeah, I'll get your text later. Yeah, yeah, you will. Um, and the next album I listened to, which I listened to half of it yesterday, half of it today, was Blessing in Disguise by Metal Church. It's an album I love. Uh, love My Cow's vocals. I'm a Metal Church fan with My Cow. My Cow vocals. I was thinking about them as a band, and it's interesting because they started, and they were pretty big with their first singer. And a lot of times, you know, you hear about bands that, you know, we we hear the talk about Van Halen or um, who was the other, uh, Motley Crue, Chain Singers, um, and a lot of bands maiden obviously iron maiden you know but they changed singers and it's like i didn't even like him with the first singer and i loved him with the second singer and i i would say it if if uh we're this far in the career but i probably would have felt the same way about iron maiden back in the day i just wouldn't have liked paul nearly as much as bruce but they changed musical styles too so because the first two albums the, the gist of them was all written before they even recorded the first one right wouldn't you Is think? Not a hundred percent. So, uh, let's see. I think people. I think people thought that, and now they say that wasn't the case. Well, I think you I think, know you've spoken to. Oh, well, you've spoken to Dennis Stratton. <laughs> you might not. He might not have known. But I think a lot of the. I, th- I do think a lot. Of, I think about half, at least half, the album was written already because, like, a yeah. lot of the songs they held over to do on the second yeah. album. So. So the third album was the first album that they did with just all fresh, all yeah, from scratch, all fresh material. And so, but yeah, I think I would have felt, I would have felt the same way back then. Probably. Um, The next album I listened to was by Pantera that I talked about with my brother 
some last week, a vulgar display of power. I was on the way to work this morning and I, I don't know, some, I heard something and it made me want to, you know what? I was, I was uh, letting Sarah hear the episode with my brother. And so some of the Pantera stuff that was being played or talked about. And I was like, yeah, I want to listen to that. And so I played that and listened to that. And the last album that I listened to, not the last one I listened to all week, but the last one so far, would you care to guess? Wasp? No, I'm surprised that you didn't guess this, but it's by <laughs> Megadeth and it's called The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Um, well, that would obviously be my second guess. But yeah. like sometimes when I'm going to be going to a concert, I like to I know. listen to the music a little bit before I go. I did, I did think about that because um, I haven't played any Wasp and I'm just... I think I just want to go to it and just... Oh, you don't need to. You've been li- listening to them for long enough. Yeah, I've been listening to them for 37 years or so. so yeah, you know, <laughs> you're pretty like familiar that. with the material. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> so I'm looking... I'm really, really looking forward to seeing, like, not only... Because they're saying this is an old school set list. Like, this is the old, like, original tour kind of thing that they're going to be really whatever. And I'm really interested to see it, but I'm also wondering if they, how much they will incorporate from anywhere later in their career, you know, albums that came out in the two thousands or anything. So that'll be really interesting. Yeah. Um, now podcasts, I listened to three podcasts. I did a lot of driving at my job this week uh, and I got to put a couple on. So I played the podcast with my brother on it. And when it was over, pun intended, it rolled right into another podcast that I had saved. <laughs> Um, cause last week I, th- you probably heard it. I talked about this one, the one that advertises like with the, with the, the black girl. Yeah. Latavia. So it rolled right into her podcast, I guess her newest episode. And so I looked at it and it was like 12 minutes long and I'm like, I'm driving. I've got four hours to drive. I can spare 12 minutes. Let me just give it a listen. And it was, she's a disabled person and she was talking about getting jobs it, it was called employment. The struggle is real. And she's talking about trying to get a job and go into places. And, a, and and when you go in for the interview and they see you in a wheelchair or something like that, they just like, they look at you as a liability instead of an asset. And it was really interesting. It was interesting just, just to hear that talk. And, you know, cause it's not something that as a, as a able bodied person that can just get up and walk around and, you know, appear as normal as I can appear. You know, I've never had to deal with, I've never walked in, maybe, maybe I've walked into a job and they looked at me and thought, ah, I don't want to hire this guy. But, but you know, to, to go in and be a disabled person and, and have people not want to hire you or not even want to really consider you. And she said, you can tell that people are going through the motions. Hey, you'll be hearing back from us. And she says, you can tell I'm never going to get a call back. And she said, and you, you know, but she's, she's kind of just talking about, about different struggles that they go through with that. And I, it was really interesting. You know, it was a short listen. Yeah. Uh, about half the episode was the intro music and the outro music, <laughs> but um, but it was a, it, I enjoyed listening to the five or six minutes or seven or eight that she talked and because uh, it's it's a perspective I know nothing about and it was kind of it's way out of my it's it's out of my comfort zone really to listen to stuff like that. But sure, well, it's good that you know she can get some awareness out there. Absolutely, it's hard enough applying for jobs as it is. Absolutely, yeah, and and like I said, the girl when 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 she gave her um pedigree on on that first or second episode that i heard and she's talking about you know i got a four-year degree from here and i got my master's from here and i'm like man this girl is a smart person that 
you know, knows what she's doing and, and can help people. She's educated enough to do it and, and maybe isn't getting the opportunity. So it's, that's gotta be a frustrating thing. So, um, okay. So another episode I listened to another podcast I listened to that's in my wheelhouse a little more is uh, decibel geek episode 501. Uh, and it was called new noise weekly. And this talks about the different news things that are going on in, uh, you know, in our world of rock and metal and, there was an interesting story in there about Blackie Lawless that was a little disappointing to hear about something he said in an interview because he was – they said Blackie Lawless kind of comes across as he wants to be the one who had every great idea that made Wasp good and every bad idea was somebody else's fault, but the good ones were all his. So mm-hmm. he was confronted by an interviewer, but it's an interviewer that he's known who was part of the L.A. scene uh, named Ron Keel. Uh, he led a band called Steeler and Steeler had uh, Ingve Malmsteen among others in it. Um, and it also had a guy named Rick Fox. Rick Fox played bass with Wasp really, really early on was in some promo pictures and things. And so he started asking about Rick Fox and well, Rick Fox said he helped you with this and with that. And Blackie was, I didn't hear it, but these guys just said he was just backpedaling the whole time. And just kind of like, no, I mean, he was, if you want to call having an audition, being a member of the band, I guess. And like, well, you did promo pictures with the guy. Oh, well, we were just doing that to test what we looked like. And like a struggling, you know, an up and coming band isn't going and getting professional pictures taken, you know, (laughs) to just see what we look like. So it was interesting. Yeah, sure. That costs money. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Now there's another podcast I listened to. I, 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 and it was, you know, our our uh, our little friend on uh, fe- uh, Twitter, uh, the the future squash guy. Yes. Well, he started his own podcast, and it's called. Well, I shouldn't say he. Him and his dad started a podcast, and it's called uh, Hell Bent for Records. It's I think it's a YouTube exclusive only one. I think it's all that's yeah. where they do it. It's a really good title. It is. It is, and. They they've done a few episodes and 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 I just I don't listen to a, you know a ton of podcasts anymore so and and I'm you know kind of reluctant to try new ones but I was driving and I had a long drive and I said you know what let me throw one of these on I don't want to hear them talk about Iron Maiden because I just don't generally listen to other people's podcasts about Iron Maiden anymore um, they had one out about Dio I mean I think we've already went there I'm not interested I already told that he was the one who said what do you not like about that album and I said everything no yeah and so i looked they had one and it was about taylor swift and i was like well let's just see what this is turns out it's him and his sister and his dad and uh and i thought it was kind of interesting the premise of it because they would all during the summer listen i guess you know and i might say this a little wrong and i'm sure he'll correct me if i do but they would listen to it they would pick an album for the week or whatever. And they would listen to an album and at the end of the week or one day during the week, they'd all sit down and go through the album, you know, talk about the songs as a family as a kind of a family thing. And I thought that's really cool. Oh, that's so cool. I can't imagine getting my family to join in on that. I know. I was like, that is really cool. <laughs> but the couple things, one thing I told him was every time his sister would start talking, he would just start talking over her. Like he wouldn't let her talk. I was like, dude, You need to shut up and let your sister talk first. You know, I mean, if it's her turn to talk, let her talk. But um, one thing that really, really made me laugh on this thing was that he's, it's just like his opinions on Twitter. They're very predictable, right? They're always, you always know he's going to poo-poo on something. So 
every yes, time but you don't know what. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I did also <laughs> hear his dad make a think. comment about only liking the first six Iron Maiden albums, so I know yeah. where he got it from. So I know where he got that from. But every time that he would say something that they would, you know, like they almost like they made a bingo card and they would be like everything that we predict he's going to say. So like, this is how it would go. Like he would go, okay, this song here, first thing I wrote down, kill me. And then his sister just starts going ding, 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 ding. And he would get so pissed off. (laughs) It was so funny. And then his dad got in on it too. And they would both do it. Ding, 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 ding. And he would get so mad and, it was cracking me up. I, I I was laughing listening to it. It was pretty funny. So, yeah, uh, cool. let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one that I've, I've actually subscribed to it and not actually listened to any of them yet. Yeah. Well, it was kind of hard to find it because I was in my truck and just, just going on their YouTube page. And I was like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like there wasn't a spot where it said podcast episodes. It was just like videos. And I'm not real good with YouTube. Just like, I'm, I'm just like, I go on YouTube and generally type in, what I want to find. And then I go straight to it. I don't really go to someone's page and look, I don't know how to look through pages. So, but well, anyway. once you've subscribed, you'll always be able to find it yeah, in your true. library. That's true. Yeah. I don't, I don't do like All I do on, like I said, I pretty much go on YouTube just to type in a video and look up something. But um, mm-hmm. I did listen to one other podcast and it was a uh, Dean Del Rey's let there be talk. And it was um, episode number six, six, six. And talk about like the stars aligning. He he was even saying, I could not have even planned this. I couldn't have planned this on my own. Episode 666, and he has King Diamond on. I mean, that's just like, that's perfect. That is perfect. It and is. Halloween as well. Yes, almost. yes. So, um, and I got to admit, he had, he was King Diamond was on with him for two hours, and it was just a fascinating listen, man. It was really, really good. He talked a lot about Merciful Fate and them starting out and transitioning over to the, the, the King Diamond band. And and personally, I am not a fan of Merciful Fate too much. I mean, I think he sings a little differently in Merciful Fate than he does in King Diamond. He does the falsettos in both of them, but there's a certain lower voice that he does in Merciful Fate that just I'm not, I don't like. But I love, you know, King Diamond is a little more power metal sounding. The the band King Diamond, it's had a little more of a power metal metal sound and Merciful Fate is metal, but it's just, I don't know. It's odd that I wouldn't like, that I would like one and not the, it'd be like saying I I like. I don't know. I'd say I probably prefer Merciful Fate. I'm not such a power metal kind of a person, so. Okay, okay. And it almost feels in a way like saying, well, I like Iron Maiden, but I don't like Bruce solo or I like how uh, Maiden or uh, priest. And I don't like Halford solo, but you know, it is what it is, but yeah, it was a really, man, it was just a fantastic interview. And, uh, I tried to call uh Jesse twice this week to tell him about it, but, uh, he's, he's got some stuff going on and I, and I understand that too, but I was hoping I could tell him and I thought maybe that'll cheer him up if he listens to, uh, here into the interview with King Diamond. So if he hadn't found it yet, he'll find it after he hears this. <laughs> but yeah, sure. it's, it's Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talk. And he interviews a lot of cool people. I mean, he's had a lot. He's interviewed just about every member of ACDC. He's had Gene Simmons on, Paul Stanley on. He's just had a smorgasbord of just fantastic people on. So, But that's all the podcasts that I listened to for the week. What did you listen to? Well, they, sound, they all sound really good too. I just don't have a lot of time 
to myself to listen to a podcast. It looks like I've got lots of time because I tweet quite a lot, but that's kind of in between things. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> but to um, do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this week I haven't listened to anything except your episode with Adam. Okay. Say no more episode. Yeah. Um, but over the last few weeks, there's been a couple that I've really enjoyed. Okay. Um, so one is And Volume for All. Okay. Um, they've got four episodes out now. Uh-huh. And if you're interested in metal in any way, you'll enjoy this. Okay. It's educational and it's entertaining. Um, so, so far he's covered the history of metal. Then he did two episodes about subgenres. Okay. And then one about the future of metal, so upcoming bands. Okay. And he's about to cover Black Sabbath. Okay. I, I mean, Sorry. you figure with that name, he would at some point. <laughs> At some point, yeah. But um, so he's obviously got a long way to go. I almost thought he'd finished after the fourth one because he'd done the history and up to the future. But yeah. now he's going to start doing bands, so that's good. Sure. Um, and the other podcast, you know, um, Asylum Tales for the Devereux Diaries. Okay. And it's funny because I don't even care about Kiss enough to need a Kiss podcast. Sure. Uh, as you know, I did see Kiss the other week, and right. I'm listening to them a bit more, but I. I still don't yeah. need something really that in-depth. But I just like hearing them. I like hearing what they've been listening to. Sometimes I'll just listen to the beginning to see what they've listened to. Sure. And sometimes they do, because adjacent podcasts. Yeah. But the episode in memory of Ray's mum, it was just so lovely. It was nice, and yeah. They had those interesting music choices and some funny stories. And I laughed and cried. I really recommend it. And mm. I hope you're doing okay, Ray, if you're listening. Yeah, I, I've spoken to him, and he seems to be doing pretty good. So, Yeah, he had a nice weekend. I saw yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Queensryche. Yeah, he did. He saw Queensryche and Priest, and uh, I know he was, you know, that was his first real Queensryche show in a long time. So he's seen Jeff Tate, but not the Queensryche proper as they are now. So Sure. So I know he had a good time at that, so. Now, normally here is where we go to retweets and tweet quotes, but you know the episode literally came out two days ago, so it's not really something I wanted to do at this point. And plus, we've been talking about what we've listened to for a while already. So, um, mm-hmm. so we're gonna do we have we have a movie review to do, but we also have a top eleven Spinal Tap eleven list that we're gonna do. So what we're gonna do is we're going to do the first or the not the first. I guess I kind of put mine in order. It's really hard, but I I got my bottom six and then I got my top five. So I thought we could start from 11, go up to six, and then we'll get into the movie review. And at the end of the episode, we can do our top five hell, scary, um, whatever songs. And then, and then we also have like, I think we have a bottom of the barrel list that we're going to do as well. Right. Right. Okay. Of course we do. Yeah, of course we have to do that. We have to, talk bad about something, right? <laughs> Definitely. It's not a it's not an Uncle Caesar and Mason if we don't bash something. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So let's do this. Let's go into our list and and um well let me let me ask you real quick. Describe because yeah. I know we went back and forth about this and I didn't want it to be like a rigid thing that it had to be this or had to be that. So like when you put your a list together, what was your um how did you qualify things uh okay i had to either have hell in the title or be scary 
Okay. So some of the songs have got hell in the title and they're not scary in any way whatsoever. Okay. They're scary because um, they got the title of hell. That's what's scary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my list, the only qualification, because I, I told you what I had kind of done. I said, I'm going to do yeah. this. And you were like, well, I've kind of done this, but I'll do that. And I said, no, 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 no. You, you do what you want. I'll do what I want. It doesn't have to be, you know, where it does. I'm not very smart. I don't have to, it doesn't have to make, if it's, if it, if the lists don't make any sense to anybody, then they'll be like, well, we're just here to talk about music. It doesn't have to be rigid. Exactly. Exactly. But my, my only qualification other than one song, and I'll tell why I have that one in here in a minute. Every song has H E L L in the title. So, uh, <laughs> and some of them, it's not. You're going to have Hello by Adele. You know, uh, Alice Cooper, when I pulled my list up of Hell songs, he has one song called Hello Hooray. And I was like, eh, that doesn't fit. He has another song with Hell in the title that's probably a little easier to figure out what it'll be. So, sure. So, um, Let's do this. We'll start with number 11 and I'll let you go first. So what, Kirsty, what is your number 11 scary hell song? I'm actually going rogue. I'm starting with an album, not a song. Uh-oh. And it doesn't have hell or Halloween in the title. In fact, it has no lyrics. It's an instrumental, but it might make you feel scared. It. Yeah. Go ahead. Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. I don't know if you know this song, this album. Tube of the Bells? Tu- tubular. tubular. Tubular Bells by who? Yes. Mike Oldfield. Mike Oldfield. My dad used to play this a lot when I was little. Yeah. It's the debut studio album by Mike Oldfield. Okay. Um, came out in 1973. It was the first album on Virgin Records. Oh, wow. And it was recorded at the manor near where I grew up. And he was only 19 years old when it was recorded, and he played almost all of the many instruments. Wow. And there's, there's a section where the instruments are introduced by a master of ceremonies. Which is, do you know the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band? <laughs> no. You might have to be English. Yeah, <laughs> they probably. had a song called I Am the Urban Spaceman, and they were recording nearby. And um, Vivian Stanshaw from that band mm-hmm. introduces the instruments at one point. And oh. I used to really like saying things along with him, like grand piano. <laughs> and another of the instruments is obviously tubular bells. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know who? You know one person I bet has heard of that. Andrew. Yes, the most <laughs> the most English person we know. Who doesn't live in England? I think it's funny that you that I someone said he was the most English person, and then you even said I'm from yeah. England, and he's the most English person I've ever met. Yeah, definitely he is. That, anyway, that, that if you don't know why I picked this album, it's because the introduction it was used in the film The Exorcist. 
Ah, okay, okay. Very cool so, tie. Very so now cool. if you hear it, you'd associate it with the exorcist. Absolutely. Um, and I will stay a little bit closer to the rules from now on. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, my first one, it's probably a song that I'll get some flack for for putting on this list. But it's a song that has the word hell in it, kind of. It's not, well, it's more than the word hell. Um, it's not by Bruce Dickinson's Idol. It does have the word hellfire in it. But, um, you know, that would have been a good one to pick, too. Uh, Arthur Brown. Yes, I did think of that, too. Yeah. But th- mine is, uh, uh, I don't know if you can even hear it if I play it, but it's it's mine is by KK's Priest, my number 11, and it's called Hellfire Thunderbolt. I just want you to hear this scream. Listen to this. Whoa. Oh, that's way too loud. <laughs> it takes a second for music to kick in here, but... I didn't have it queued up. So anyway. Okay, here it goes. And this is uh, Ripper Owens with this huge scream in a second. Can you hear that okay? Yes. Okay, here it goes. Whoa. I know. That's like King Diamond level up there. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say that, uh, that about it, but it's it's you know this album came out uh, this year, and I think the album is a lot better than it's gotten credit for. I think a lot of people kind of slagged it because, oh well, it's KK's Priest. He couldn't come up with a better name. I'm like, look, he was the founding member of Judas Priest, and he just doesn't happen to be in the band. He has every right to use the word priest somewhere and get himself a little bit of recognition. It's awesome to think that a guy that's at his age, which I think he's like 70 or 71 or 72, is making an album that aggressive. I just, it's awesome. It just shows you that it kind of metals in his blood, in KK's blood. And, and, and there was some really cool news this week about KK or the last week or two that he's going to be performing with Judas Priest at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't really mean jack squat, but it's cool. It'll be really cool to have them all on stage again together. And it'll be interesting to have Richie Faulkner on stage with KK possibly. I think that would be neat, but they don't, they might look like father and son, you know? 
They might. So yeah, it's gonna be um, something to look forward to seeing. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I um, I included that because I just I was picking songs with Hell, and I was just like, I really, really like that song. I, that's the song that made me really want to hear the album because I heard it. And I listened to it and I was like, eh. that's one where I kind of cheated. I, I listened to it ahead of the album because I was like, am I going to want to listen to this at all? And when I heard Ripper and he just sounds awesome in that song. And the more I listen to it, man, it's just a, it's a pretty infectious song. So so um, that brings us to your number 10, Kirsty. Okay, my, my number 10, you do know this one. It's Hell No by Bruce Dickinson from Balls to Picasso. Wow, okay, okay. Not my favourite album at all, as you know. Yeah, yeah. But I do like this song. Yeah. The 90s Bruce. It's really different. It's got that, like a moody, down-tuned, quiet intro. Mm -hmm. And on the voices, he's singing like in a husky, whispered voice. It's just, seems really kind of, a little bit 90s and alternative. But then on the chorus, he's doing what he does best. His voice was at its peak then. Oh, man. He was so, yeah, so, so good. And it was, but that was cool when he came out with that because the one before it, as we all know, was not good. And it was more jokes. Uh, it was jokester Bruce. So yeah, we didn't know what yeah. we were going to get with a second solo album. True. And yeah, I don't really like this album either, but I like bits of it. And yeah. 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 This is about something scary in a way uh-huh. because it, I think it's about leaving Iron Maiden and starting out on his own. Oh, I, I can imagine a lot of the songs on that album have a tie to that in some way. That's sure. So, yeah, it's kind of inspiring. Yeah. A bit like Wildest Dreams. <laughs> yeah, lyrically, yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> it is, it is. I, I prefer yeah. Hell No to Wildest Dreams, but um, which which is why, and I cannot believe, Kirsty, that this just happened. <laughs> you wouldn't believe me. But my number 10 is also Hell No. <laughs> No way. Yes. I was like, (laughs) you're like, hell no. that I picked it because of it being on board to Picasso rather than because it matched up exactly. I'm not the um I'm not the official historian, so I don't remember you hating that album so much. I remember you not liking uh, Well we, we didn't end up reviewing it in the end after right. I spent ages listening to it and I was annoyed. Yeah, I do remember that part, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean I I, I like the song. I, I really enjoyed 
Balls to Picasso as an album. I mean, is it his greatest? Absolutely not. But there are a lot of things that I do like on there. And I still, you know, like I said, I took a road trip and that was the album that I remember listening to. I can remember, you know, I went through Roswell, New Mexico, and that was the album. I remember going to an arcade at some place in New Mexico and playing Kiss Pinball. And But I do remember this being, uh, this album like being the soundtrack. Uh, this one, and I want to say uh, an album by the band, I don't know if you're familiar with them, Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. Uh, they have an album called Quattro, and that was kind of their, they had had an album called No Place for Disgrace that I liked a lot. And that was like speed metal, you know, like thrash, you know, metal type stuff. And well, I mentioned King Diamond earlier. I saw them open for King Diamond on the tour for them, which is uh, his third, yeah, his third album. And that's where I kind of heard of them. Of course, we heard of him too because of Jason Newstead had been in the band at one point. But that album, Quattro, was like, it was more like, I would liken it to like a Slayer uh, South of Heaven where it was like Slayer kind of slowed down some. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. So, th- but those two albums are the ones I remember from that time a lot. Uh, but yeah, hell no at number 10. I can't, I cannot believe that. The, the, like, I can't believe that we both had it at the same place. Let, let me ask you this. very spooky. It, it, oh, spooky. <laughs> Do you think if Matt was here, he'd also have it at number 10? <laughs> no way. He hates this album. <laughs> hell no, he wouldn't have it there. <laughs> you can, um, you can see this, um, Bruce play the song on MTV unplugged. Oh, cool. He's playing the guitar. Was it plugged in? <laughs> no, because it's unplugged, sir. <laughs> oh, there you go, Kirsty. Way to get that one in there. That's, is that the mom joke? No. Okay. That's just a fact. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm kind of betting I'm kind of betting that the rest of this list I think we'll have a, at least a couple of songs in common, but I'll, oh. Uh- I'm hundred percent sure that one of the songs I'm going to say that you'll have at least, but um. I'm curious. I'm curious. So, so that leads us to 11, 10, number nine, number nine, number mm-hmm. nine, number nine. Kirsty, what's your number nine? Jim, remember the last time I, I was on with you 10 weeks ago, which album we talked about 10 weeks ago. Which album we talked about? Oh, can I guess? Yes. And I thought about putting this one on my list. Into the Lungs of Hell? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. So it's like deja vu. (laughs) I've just talked about this uh, last time I was on. Or deja écouté, because we're listening.
So yeah, the instrumental from So Far So Good So What, and the instrument, the introduction to the album. Yes, and it's a great uh, introduction to it as well. So instrumental, great instrumental. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah. Megadeth does make my list, but it is not that song. So no, I wanted to have some Megadeth in there. Uh, yeah, I, I just really got into this because I listened to this album quite a few times. But you're starting to come across as a pretty big Megadeth fan, you know. I, I've never said I wasn't. I just <laughs> don't like them as much as you do. But yeah, yeah, they, you know, I'm just like a normal fan, not a, <laughs> a fanatic. You're not a fanatic. Not a stan. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, my next one, my number nine, is the only song in my list that does not have uh, the word hell in the title. And I wanted to put this artist in there, kind of, because this artist kind of has some scary connotations to him. Um, He's got a really great video for a song, and it's not the song I chose, but a really great song that's a pretty damn scary video. He looks pretty scary in the video, Bark at the Moon. If you've seen um, that video, Ozzy looks fantastic. Yes. I mean, he looks scary as, as all get out in there. He looks scary as hell in that one. But I chose a song from his uh, 2020 album, uh, Ordinary Man. And it's called a Scary Little Green Men. I remember listening, like seeing the title of that song and thinking, you know how sometimes you just look at a song and you go, that's going to be crap. Based yeah, on it does title. look like it's going to be pretty dumb, doesn't it? When you I look at the title. Stupid. I was like, this is going to be a terrible song. And I listened to it and the, like the harmonies are so good, you know, in that chorus. Everybody wants it until they meet them. <laughs> it's, I felt the same way about a song on one of his other albums called, it's called The Almighty Dollar. And I remember like, that song is going to be terrible. And I was on that um, Aussie podcast, and when I started listening to the album, that was like my favorite song of the whole album. It was so good. But uh, yeah, scary little. Don't, don't judge a song by its title. Absolutely, yeah. I'm learning that. I'm learning that. So, um, I, I I'll judge an artist by his title every now and then. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a, you know, then if their name is really short, sometimes it makes it easier to uh, do that. But anyway. 
I don't want to keep dogging that. Um, so that was my number nine is Scary Little Green Men by Ozzy. So what is your number eight? My number eight is by Paradise Lost. Paradise which Lost. you probably haven't listened to yet, have you? Is that an artist or is that a... a uh, it's an artist. I have never I ever mean, heard of them. I've never heard of them. You have. You have. <laughs> I've heard them? Every single one. Like me and Matt and Mark, I've all mentioned them this year. I know that... I mean, I know I've heard of them. I just mm, haven't heard of them. You've never heard them. No. I've, I mean, for me, one of the best things about the podcast and the Twitter community is discovering new bands. Sure. And uh, thanks to Matt... Well, Matt kept saying it, and I didn't pay any attention. <laughs> but yeah. then Mark came on, talked about them once, and I was sold. And, <laughs> but I can't think why I didn't know them already. Yeah. I guess I was, because it's kind of goth. And I, I guess maybe I was coming out of my goth phase when they started. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got a song with the most perfect title to fit our theme. It's called Fear of Impending Hell. Fear? Oh, it's got two words in it. That, that yes. Is- Fear of impending hell. Really slow, heavy riff. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, have to at least I'll, I'll at least hear some of that song, hear that song, and, and get up some of it and give it a you know if, if if it's intriguing enough and that that didn't sound bad at all. So I'll have to give sure. that a shot. And the solo's pretty metal, and okay. um, it probably doesn't belong. Well, I was thinking that I I thought I liked some of the other songs better, mm-hmm. but this one just fits perfectly. The dark, moody feel of the song and the title of the song. Okay. And the fact that I'm really excited about this band this year. <laughs> so it puts that on my list. And I can promise that you know all the other songs that I'm going to pick. All right. That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, let's see. So that was your number 11, 10, 9, 8. 8. My number 8 is an artist that we are all familiar with. 
And when it comes to scary, um, he's been doing scary for probably 50 years now. So that probably gives my artist away. Who would you guess my mm-hmm. artist is? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. And I think uh, the track is pretty obvious if it has the, so- the, the, the word. He's got actually multiple songs with hell in the title. Alice Cooper goes to hell. song I picked, Go to Hell. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic song. It's just, I always was intrigued just by the, you know, for the things you're doing. It's it's, it's, it's a scary thing, you know. For, I'm trying to think of how he says it. Like there's a, for criminal acts of violence on the stage, for all the decent citizens you've enraged. Uh, I'm trying to remember the next for all the something else you can go to hell you know because you're just like what you the stupid little things you've done is so bad that you should go to hell that's the I think that's it's it, it feels like it's not satire I don't know if that's the right word if I know what that word means enough to say it but in this situation but I feel like it's it's kind of probably a little bit of social commentary from his life yeah that makes more sense yes and also it's it sounds really creepy. Yeah, I mean, for being a brat refusing to act your age, for all the decent citizens you've enraged. So, and then he says it. I just always thought 
that that was such a, you know, being the rebellious and into dark stuff music wise. And you hear that. And it's just like, I remember, I didn't even know what, like the song, I just see an Alice Cooper concert. And he's that it's just, it's heavy and slow and not doomy. I guess you said doomy a minute ago. So I'm thinking doomy, mm-hmm. but it kind of does have a doomy feel about it. You know, it's just this slow, you know, and, I always just remember the line, you'd even force feed a diabetic a candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always I've always been a fan of that song. And and when I heard the original compared to the live version, I liked the live version a lot more because it was just a lot heavier. And you know, that that album is just a really weird album. Alice Cooper Goes to Hell. There's so much weird. It's just there's so many songs that don't really have that heavy feel to it like that one does. And mm. But um, that is my number. Uh, did I say eight? Yeah, 11, 10, 9, 8. eight. So, so we got seven and six left. So sure. I'm, cu- I'm curious to how many more how many more songs we're going to have in common here, if any. Oh, yeah, maybe the next one. Okay. Next, we've got a band I haven't mentioned before because I don't really listen to them a lot, but I know that you definitely know them. Okay. Um, this song's got a very famous groovy riff. Okay. It's from 1990. Okay. It's by a Texas band. Oh, got Cowboys from Hell. I've got Cowboys from Hell. Okay. It may not be scary, but Hell's in the title. <laughs> Almost made my list. Almost, but it didn't. Oh, I, I don't really have a lot to say about it, so you can go ahead if you do. I just love the riff, and it's really fun, and it's got a really good energy. I can say this. I remember, I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but I used to go to this uh, little record store where I lived, and they had... Sorry. 
they had this, uh, the, the, you know, I go there all the time. So I got to know this one lady that worked there. And, and I remember one day I'd, you know, I'd just be in there just hanging out, like standing around talking and stuff. Like you can't imagine me just standing around talking to people, but you know, I do it. And, uh, so I'm there. That's a cool riff. Um, and I remember being in the store and talking to the lady and just randomly. And I remember one day she just goes, you know, Hey, we got some stuff here, like some promo stuff. If you want something. And I was like, Oh, well, what do you got? And she goes, well, we got this one band here. It's called Pantera. And, and it's, you'd think that living 50 miles away from Arlington, Texas, that I would know who Pantera was in 1990. Well, I didn't, I didn't know who they were. I didn't have a clue who they were. So I was like, Okay. You know, and, and being born in the same, being born probably, I might've been born at the same hospital as those guys, who knows? But, um, she gives me this little cassette and it had, um, let's see, it had Cowboys from Hell, Psycho Holiday and Cemetery Gates on it, I believe. Wait, Psycho Holiday. Uh, yes, it had those three songs on it and I went home and yeah, I'd never heard it before. And I put it as a as a cassette, a little just a three song sampler. And I remember I put it on, and, and Cowboys from Hell comes on first, you know. And I'm just like, holy crap! It was so different, you know. I mean, think of think of you're listening to No Prayer for the Dying, and then you hear that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, and I think I think this is the song that starts with almost this machine gun type sound, Psycho Holiday. I think this is how it. Let's see, yeah. Like golly, that was so different back then. Did you think like, wow, this is heaps better than No Prayer? Did I say what? Did you think it was a lot better than No Prayer? I don't remember. It was just, I think it was just a big shift musically. It's and different. The, you know, and the funny thing is, this is before the whole alternative rock movement with you know Nirvana breaking big and and Allison. Mm. Allison Chains was already kind of coming up anyway, but uh, around the same time and. But the Pearl Jam, the Soundgarden, all that stuff hadn't hit. And and this was just different. I remember hearing it. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is so good. And I remember I lost that. I lost that my little cassette because me and a friend had, um, it was like 50, I was 15 years old. And we had, no, wait, was I 15? No, I must have been driving age because I had to. So we were, I was at my friend's house and his dad's boss had a boat. His dad's boss let me and my friend Greg, who were like 16, 17, 18 year old kids, whatever we were, I guess it would have been, it would, if that did that come out in 90? Yeah. So it would have had to have been 17 or 18 years old. He let two 17 year olds hook a boat up to a truck, drive it to a lake, and go boating for the day. I can't even imagine my son doing that and, or being cool with Well, him. I mean, at that age, you know? It's just amazing to think of the stuff that I got to do back then. Anyway, we go to the lake. We have a good day on the lake. We were playing. I remember playing the boat, had a cassette player in it. And we were, this is what we were listening to. I remember on the way home, the, the cassette was in the boat still. And on the way home, I don't know something. I don't know if he had, if, if the boat had a blowout or something on the back tire on the, on the trailer it was on, but the, Something happened and we ended up just having an accident basically. And the boat ended up flipping and, you know, just being destroyed. And this is my friend's dad's 
boss, <laughs> you know? So my friend is freaking out. He's like, Oh my God, my dad's going to get fired, you know, from his job. So we had to, us two young boys, you know, two young idiots had to drive up there to his dad's job first. And his dad worked in a funeral home, <laughs> had to go up to the funeral home, go to his dad. And I don't know if he, if he went in by himself or I was with him whenever he told his dad, but, and then we had to go and sit in his dad's boss's office and explain to him what happened. And it was amazing because his, he was just like, you know what? I've got insurance on the boat. The important thing is that you guys are say, are okay. And I'm just like, holy crap, man. We just, he didn't this get fired. This is the greatest man who's ever lived. I know. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and you know what? Because I, I don't know if you've ever, well, I don't know how many people own boats where you live or when you live. We in- do not own a boat. Okay. And if we did, we wouldn't be letting anyone touch it. Yeah. Well, th- there's a there's a saying about boats and it's the two best days of boat ownership are the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Because <laughs> once you buy it, you realize what a headache it is, you know, maintenance yeah, and my, all that. My brother-in-law's bought a boat and sold it on many occasions. Yeah, yeah. So He thinks he wants to do it and he gets sick when he's on the boat. Oh, yeah, that's even worse. Yeah. But that's so that's my Pantera Cowboys from Hell three song cassette promo story. So, uh, so okay, so that was your number um, seven. My number seven is a band you haven't named yet either, and it's a possibility that you could name them. It's a possibility that you could name this song. Oh my gosh, I'm changing um, my pick by this band right on the, right now. I'm going to change my pick. I can't even play it yeah i can i have it on my phone so this one oh i don't have it on my phone this one is uh by alice and chains you know what i'm gonna pull what did you do earlier you picked a whole album okay i'm going to have a tie for my number seven my original choice is from black gives way to blue by Allison Chains, and it's called Private Hell. i 
love the song. It, to me, it has a real down in a hole sound to it. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it sounds like this. If you can hear that, to me, that's very down in a hole. Bury me softly in this womb. I could hear that. I could hear them singing that right there. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could definitely sing the words from down in a hole over that. Yeah. And then I'll tell you the funny thing is they have it's it's on all three of their albums uh, that they've done since then. Every one of them song every one of their albums has a song that sounds like that. I think let me see if this is the right ah. one for the devil put dinosaurs here real quick. I don't know if you can how well you can hear that, but Yeah. But it kind of has a little bit of a down and a hole. Every t- they they have one of these on every album, so that's that one. Rainy or fog, and so they should. Yeah, yeah, they should. And rainy or fog has this one. This is the uh... oh, this one takes a second. Oh my god, so great! This is such a great song. Have I ever told you I love Allison Chains? Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> you have mentioned it. But this has that kind of a feel to it, you know? Oh, God, I love this. Oh, my God, I love that. And my my tie pick is going to be from the Last Action Hero soundtrack, I believe it is, What the Hell Have I? <laughs> So what the hell have I slash private hell two yeah. fantastic songs. So um, if you pick, I a, was thinking, no, I was thinking a little bit, you know, heaven beside you. I saw that title just now too. I thought because um, heaven beside you, hell within hell within. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's another fantastic song too. So, uh, okay. So we're going to do one more which will be your number yes. six, and then we'll leave our number five for the end of this episode. So if people actually listen long enough to get all the way to that, then they'll hear it. So what is your... I lied. I do have a double up. Okay. I've go got ahead. Bruce Dickinson again. Oh, okay. What's your... I do love Bruce Dickinson Can't when help. he's not talking. <laughs> exactly. This is a song, Road to Hell.
saw that one. By, written by Bruce and Adrian Smith for The Accident of Birth. Okay. Yeah. Kind of doesn't seem to fit the album. Yeah. Because the album's different to Maiden, but this song sounds like classic Maiden. Okay. So it's a, like a conventionally written song that's really upbeat and sing-along. The lyrics are sinister. Yeah. I think the, the verses are kind of spat out with a swooshing noise underneath. That makes it a bit different from Maiden, a little bit Halloween-y. And there's an awesome solo from Adrian with lots of tapping. Uh, this is what Bruce says about the song. He said that that song wonders what went through Jesus' head whilst being crucified. Was he thinking about mum and dad? What did he say to the guys on the crosses next door? So Interesting. I've never heard that. That's interesting. I know. Mum and dad, indeed. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he would have to say it that way, so, you know. Yeah. Bruce is never one to leave an opportunity to, he's not going to miss an opportunity to say something. So, and you alluded to his, his recent comments. I'm, I'm quite pleased. I I, I wrote on Twitter earlier, but right before we talked, I said, I think what Bruce said is what people, he said publicly what everyone, what a lot of people have been saying privately for years. So it's the way he says it. Yeah. He (laughs) kind of not really a fan of the way he um, rants. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of his comedy, so I'll give him no. a, I'll give him a rant. I'd, <laughs> I'd rather take a rant over the comedy. So. Um, but I did see, you know, when I said I, that I'd seen some of the live stream this morning, mm-hmm. I did see him um, introduce Blood Brothers, oh, and that was really fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a great, great thing. Where he just said, "Did he do the thing where he said it all stops now?" Yes. Oh, I love that. When he did that, I was like, thank God somebody is saying this. Someone on a stage in front of 20,000 people is saying this and not whispering it behind closed doors. Um, Okay, so my number six is a band that I can't remember how many choices I saw, but there's definitely more than one choice by ACDC. And I might have not... Went with the obvious choice. Well, we all know what the obvious choice would be. But I went with one that goes a little bit like this.
That song is called Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. And if you believe in heaven and hell, then maybe that is a scary thing, you know? <laughs> if you believe it is what it says, what they say it is, then it probably is a scary song. But man, it's got this, it's got hell in the title. And man, I just love the groove in that song, you know? And Bon Scott, you know, we all love Bon Scott. You can't, I mean, one of us actually went to a uh, Bon Scott. What did you go to this past week? I, I just went and went to Fremantle, where he's from, and I saw his statue. Yeah, I saw that. It was really cool. Really, really cool. I, I would... um, and I posted it on Twitter. Um, I've never had so many likes. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't me getting the likes. It was Bon Scott. Yeah, yeah. Bon... The only time a post that I've done has had more likes was a picture of my dog that's got over 600. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Cookie, Cookie's a pretty popular one too. So yes, <laughs> she got her. You know, does Cookie does Cookie brag to her friends that that she's uh, gotten a lot of likes on Twitter worldwide? She's more of an Instagram dog generally, but yes. Oh. <laughs> does she have her own Instagram page? Uh, I I did. Um, I joked about it with my friends, and um, and then I kind of turned my Instagram a little bit into a. Person. Dog thing for ah, a while, but yeah. no, it's it's just mixture. I haven't done it properly. Okay, okay, okay. So I've got five left. You've got five left. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll leave it at that right now. So, um, and I don't have any idea how to review a movie, but um, first of all, uh, let's, let's some of the little things of the movie. Uh, the band. I assume that the band is are these people because I don't know three or three of the names. Uh, well, let's see, two of them. I'm not. One guy's name, I'm not 100% sure he's in the band. Maybe you'll know. Uh, obviously, Dave Grohl. Nate Mendel, I know he's in the band because I remember him toward the end of the movie. Uh, Pat Smear, of course, from Nirvana and The Germs, I guess. Uh, the late Taylor Hawkins. Uh, Chris Shiflet, I guess is his name. Mm-hmm. He's in the Shiflet. band, right? Yep. Okay, that's the only one I wasn't. I don't remember hearing his name too much in the movie or else I just wasn't paying enough attention. And then, sure. and then obviously uh, Rami Jaffe. So, and, and he, his personality in the movie is just the way his name sounds, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it really is. So um, as far as going in, let me ask you this, going into this movie, uh, you knew it was a Foo Fighters movie. You knew it was a horror slash somewhat comedy ish. Um, what were you expecting going into this? Um, I kind of wasn't expecting it to be like a really good quality movie, just something goofy. Yeah. I think I was correct because um, it's really fun. Yeah. But they're the same goofy food fighters from the music videos. Yeah. They, they always do the really good music videos, uh, always like a story. Sure. And Dave's starring in it and there's lots of acting. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely not actors, <laughs> but I, but they play it well because I mean they're basically yeah. playing themselves. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but I will say, like the opening scene, you know, there's a there's a girl that's bleeding and she's crawling away from somebody and she's screaming and you know and, and yeah, then, that and, was very scary. Actually, I was like, oh god, is it all going to be like this? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and it was really graphic. I mean, it was it wasn't like yes. I, I don't really I don't watch. So it, let me ask you, did you watch horror movies growing up? 
Yes, I did. I, I like, I watched probably Poltergeist when I was about 14. Okay. I stay up late and watch the Hammer House of Horror with my dad. It's in Hellraiser, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I don't watch horror movies anymore. Yeah. See, I don't either. Uh, that's, um, Stranger was a... Things was the scariest thing I've watched recently. <laughs> I I'm the same way. I I grew up. I remember seeing the first the the only scary Nightmare on Elm Street movie, the first one. I remember seeing that when I was really young and being really freaked out, like watching it in the middle of the night. And I want to say it was gosh, I had to have been 13, 12 or 13. And that was really scary, but and I could deal with it back then, but they they've gotten so much more gory. Like just watching this you realize, you know, that there's a dream sequence. If you remember the one I'm talking about with Dave. Yes. Yeah. That's very gory. There's a lot mm. of very gory stuff. And I just, so I turned yeah. it on. But on the whole, on the whole, like most, there was, there was lots of um, gore. Yeah. But quite often the violence is funny rather than realistic. Sure. Sure. But yeah, in that dream sequence and at the beginning, it was just unpleasant really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, as the movie kind of gets going, you know, their band has a meeting. Well, wait, one thing I thought was really cool. Okay, this it was a story. This the movie was based on a story by Dave Grohl, which I'm assuming he's the creative genius behind everything Foo Fighters. And it, I one thing there was theme song, and it said the theme song was composed by three people, one of whom was John Carpenter who, if I'm not mistaken, is the guy who did the Halloween movies, right? Right. And and I think one of the other ones was someone related to him, so it might have been one of his kids or something. Okay. So, you know, the, the premise of the movie, they have a band meeting at the very beginning. They're going to record their 10th album. It has to be special. You know, Dave's like, look, we, it's our 10th album. We, we can't go just to a regular studio. We've got to do something like Led Zeppelin did. Go to a castle or somewhere evil or whatever. And he makes a certain comment. And then the right, then the manager guy's like, you want to do something like that? I've got just the place. So, um, then they go there, they record the album or they, they try and a series of, uh, that's where the horror horror movie basically takes places at this kind of haunted place they go to. And the movie doesn't really end well for, <laughs> for most of the guys <laughs> in the band. But um, I, I thought, let's just kind of go through, like, did you have any, like, just going through the movie, uh, first thing, mm -hmm. uh, when, when, they, when, the, when they're setting up, when the band is setting up, right, coming into the house with all the equipment, there's a cameo from somebody. Do you know who that cameo was from? I think Kerry King was in it. Yeah, Kerry King of Slayer. He's like the, the king. Yeah. He's, he's the roadie, and it's... Yeah. So I thought it was funny when Carrie King's. So there. that that made me laugh. There was two cameos, weren't there? Because the other one. Yeah, uh, he has a couple. Lionel of Richie. Oh yeah, we'll get to that one. That was so funny. I laughed out loud when that happened too. Yeah, same. Because he was got kind of emotional when he's talking about. <laughs> but I think it was hilarious because, you know, they're trying to get the drum sound in this room, and Dave is sitting there and he's hitting the snare. Hit. He is the snare. He's like, ah, move it over a little bit, and Carrie moves the snare just over a little bit. And every time he hits the snare, Carrie's like kind of squinting his eyes, like prepping himself for the, for the hit. Like, cause he knows it's going to be loud. 
And it just keeps doing it. And finally, he gets the one hit and it hits. And he goes, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. So um, another part is what I thought was kind of was kind of a cool throwback to him, which his name was Crook in the movie, right? Carrie yeah. King, they were calling him Crook. Um, there's the next part. They're setting up all the equipment, I guess. And or no, no, he's looking at, at the wires or something. And in the background, there's a song by Slayer playing. I don't know if you're familiar with the song, it's, but I I had to look it up to make sure I knew which song it was. I thought I'm pretty sure it's South of Heaven song, and it was it's a song called "Read Between the Lies." It's playing while he's about to uh, spoiler alert meet his maker pretty early in the movie. But that's not his last. It's quite funny. It was quite funny the way he met his maker. See that that one wasn't scary. That was funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you know, it's you a bit can of a mixture. There's little things you can see in the background, like you see little shadows go by or little uh, almost look like vapors things, you know, mm. that go by. Um, you know, Dave convinces the band to stay after um, Crook meets his demise. And did you notice what music was playing in the background while they were grilling? Because I think I know what it was. I figured you might. I did. No, I. I don't remember what was it. I think it think? was. I think it was a Motorhead song. I I think I heard Lemmy's vocals, and I know that Dave loved Lemmy, so I could totally see them throwing a Motorhead because I'm pretty sure I heard Lemmy singing in the background. I it wasn't the Ace of Spades, so I don't know what song it was. <laughs> it's um, like the only song you know. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. I'm not a Motorhead guy, so. Um, but I think a crook makes another appearance out there while they're grilling. Uh, so I think it was funny too. Um, what, what was like, how about what's something I don't want to keep talking here and not you, without you saying anything. Uh, what, what was like something you thought was really like humorous in the movie that you remember? Uh, do you remember the delivery guy? Uh huh. And when he came the first time, he recognized the Foo Fighters. Yeah. And he said, um, you're my second favorite band after Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought about you whenever he said that because doesn't your husband like Coldplay? He he keeps playing the live album, which just absolutely goes through me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, there is the funny scene too at the beginning where there, you know, he's he tells the guy, "Look, I've got the album up here in my head. We just got to get somewhere so we can start doing it." And um, he pulls the banner and he's got, "I got some riffs here. I want y'all to hear them." And he starts playing one oh, of them. Yeah. And I think Pat looks at him and goes, yeah, that song is great. It's called All My Life. You wrote it 20 years ago or something. And he goes, oh, oh okay, okay, wait. Oh, okay, yeah. I got I got another one. I go with it. And he starts playing Everlong. And then I think that's, and then one of the guys says the same thing. He's yeah, that song is fantastic, man. You wrote it 25 years ago. It's called Everlong. I mean, maybe that's how it is when they're trying to write music. Yeah, sometimes, you know, when they yeah, have writer's they block. They come on a riff and then I'm like, oh, that's too much like something we've already done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is where um Okay, one thing I wanted to say is cuz they're going through this little part and one thing I noticed during this part was Pat Smear's faces. I know. I'm thinking he just he's just smiling the whole time. He smiles and he just has those funny looks on his faces. Mm. And then this is where we get the first bit of of the drummer, or not not the drummer, uh the keyboard player, Rami yeah. He sits in front of Dave and he says, hey, do you ever meditate? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he just sits and he's got this real, you know, almost this real stoner, I guess would be the best way to describe him. This real stoner vibe. Yeah. 
he gets in front of him, like he sits kind of Indian style and he's doing some little thing. And he's like, mm-hmm. and Dave was like, F you and your meditation or something. He flips him off and it's so funny. It's so funny. So they're like, let's leave and give Dave some space. <laughs> this is another funny part. <laughs> you know, and he's trying to play the drums. And he's messing up and he's on the keyboards. And what you alluded to earlier He's he's playing a song and it sounds really familiar. You're like, yeah, this sounds familiar. Then he starts singing and it's it's obviously "Hello" by Lionel Richie. And next thing you know, like you alluded to earlier, a, a hand just slams on his shoulder and he looks up and Lionel Richie's there, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh God." Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say it and I'll edit myself. He just, it's so funny. He goes, he goes, Hey Dave, man, we all have writer's block, but that's my fucking song. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, and, and he keeps saying that's my song. He's walking away. It's my song. And he's, and as he's leaving, he goes, get your own song. Nerd. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I think it just, it's a good time to say on that. Yeah. That, um, this is 18 rated. Yes, it's there definitely rated R. Lots um, of profanity. The swearing. Yes. Like, my kids watch a bit of swearing and things, but swearing is a lot more than I'd want my kids who are 12 and 14 to see as well. But Yeah, that was what I warned you about. You watched it with your daughter, didn't you? I did. This and I Which saw... must have been pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> and here's a funny story. And I know that some people may have heard this before. I think you might have heard this, but maybe haven't. Speaking of pretty uncomfortable, imagine you sit through a Bruce Dickinson spoken word show. (laughs) And then four days later, you take your daughter to see this movie. (laughs) So it was literally the same week. I I like just completely struck out twice in one week. Did she start getting in trouble at school the next week? Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, she's, uh, she's in the principal's office every week or whatever. So (laughs) every day, but yeah, it was, um, a lot of profanity. And then there's one, um, I guess I just call it a sex scene in the movie. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, it's full, it's as fully clothed as a sex scene can be, I guess. And, um, you know, the drummer is what basically wearing his underwear. I just kind of fast forwarded through it when I was, was watching it earlier. Cause I'm like, I don't need to see this again, but I thought it was hilarious that during the sex song, a sex scene, the girls playing the lumberjack song by Jackal. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, I won't give away the, the, the twist of it, but there is a chainsaw solo in that song. And there's also another chainsaw that shows up in that scene, but that's about all I'll give to you there. Um, so what's something else that you thought was funny in the movie? A lot of it's like, it was like not hilarious. Like the two things I've said, but probably the most laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of funny. Yeah. Not like hilarious a lot of the time. I think the music's good in it, of course, because I like the Dream Widow album. I still haven't heard that. I've only heard it once. Yeah. Well, you, you might have heard my nephew Darren mentioned it uh, mm-hmm. when he was on. Um, but he he talks about, um, you know, he goes, there's a scene where he goes to the dungeon or whatever, and he finds the dead raccoon or whatever, and uh, comes out with his, you know, hears the music and he comes out with the song idea. Um, so I was, uh, today I was watching this movie because I saw it 
in the theater, but I was rewatching it just to, and so I was in the car with my wife and my daughter and they were in the car listening to music. And there was a quiet part where I could hear through my headphones and they were listening to a song and I didn't have any idea what the song was until I heard the lines that I had. And I wrote it down as I, as I was listening, because I knew I had to say this to you. I heard the line, we don't talk about Bruno in the song. <laughs> so uh. I said, Oh, <laughs> this is the song that, uh, Kirsty's whole family used to love, or maybe still does. We've so. calmed down on it a little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something else that's kind of funny is, um, you know, when Dave wakes everybody up and, and, and Pat is asleep in, on, in the kitchen <laughs> on the counter, uh, he's like, ah, I couldn't yeah. find anywhere else to sleep. <laughs> I just love all his clothes as well. I, I mean, I know that's how he is outside of. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing like a full set of pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Like kid pajamas, like, but he's like, a gross. Like kind of satiny pajamas and stuff. Yeah. There, there's a funny kind it's not really a funny line, but I like the line where um, he wakes everybody up and, and Pat's like, man, we're tired. Let's just do this in the morning. I, I, no, we don't want to do this. And he goes, what did you just say? And he walks right up to him and gets in his face. And he, and he, he doesn't say anything. And he turns around, takes a couple steps, and Pat just goes, no. Like, no effing way. We're not going to do this. And Dave says, you know, you did you just say no to Dave Grohl? <laughs> and he kind of throws like a little rock star fit. I get all the best parking places. And he starts throwing all these things out there. It's pretty funny. Um, let's see. Then you said uh, there's a scene where the the delivery guy shows up uh, and he's trying to he, he sees, you know, he freaks out. And he says, yeah, he says, I like the, the cold plays my favorite band. And the look on Dave's face, you know, when he does that. Yeah. Another scene with Pat is uh, the real estate lady comes back by and she walks in and it's a disaster in the house and she sees legs sticking out from the kitchen. And then it looks like a, I, I thought it looked like a big pile of chocolate syrup, you know, next to him on the floor, like a big pool of it. So from far yeah. away, it looked like blood. And so she walks in there and Pat wakes up really fast and he's like sleeping on the floor. He's like, I couldn't sleep with all this crap up on the, uh, on the counters that's my bed <laughs> so i thought that was pretty funny um let's see here i'm trying to think of the funny things that uh what else happened in this movie that was funny uh they um, go ahead well i i thought i thought that um i don't know why i don't know why but when pat smear character was knocked off that made me laugh oh yeah it's kind of funny it's kind of funny um, I think another part with, um, there was a part where, uh, the neighbor's over and she's telling, you know, she's kind of telling them about this band that was there that had, that caused the house to be haunted or whatever. And they were called dream widow. And, um, she's telling the story about the whole thing that happened way back then. And yeah, I was there. I was a groupie from the band, the singer. And then Taylor goes, so now we take advice from groupies and the keyboard really chimes in. Cause he has a hots for the neighbor. He goes, Hey, groupies are people too, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and of course, like I mentioned the, 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 the lumberjack and I wrote, I just, I, I, I kind of went through the whole movie and just jotted down little things. Um, but one thing I wrote here, just again, when Pat screams, he just screams so high and he just looks so funny. You know, it's just so funny to watch. He's he's great, man. I, I love, I love, and I really would have thought Taylor would have been the one I was really going to like <clears throat> more so 
in the movie, but Pat, he just, his personality, he just has some kind of something about his personality that really just is so funny. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, and of course you mentioned how, uh, how Pat, how Pat ends up uh, getting knocked off. Um, there's a pretty funny scene too, where, you know, Dave is possessed by a demon or whatever. And then at the end, I guess they kind of do whatever to get the demon out. And his manager shows up and his manager is completely aware that this house was haunted and he's all in about whatever the song they're trying to work on. And, you know, it has some kind of demonic power or something and they start fighting, but they're just kicking each other in the crotch over and over back and <laughs> forth. And it's like, no matter how bad one of them looks like it hurts, they just jump up and kick the crap out of the other one again. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was a pretty funny scene. Um, and overall, um, the band basically, uh, spoiler, another spoiler, if you don't want to know this, fast forward 30 seconds, everybody in the band dies except for Dave. So, um, you know, and then Dave goes on a year later and he has a solo career and the guy comes in there and basically says, Hey, you're on or whatever. He says, how you doing? And he says, he's like, never better, you know, in that demon voice or whatever. <laughs> and he looks up at the camera and that's the whole movie. But my, over- uh, it sounds like you enjoyed a lot because I obviously you watched it twice and you laughing again the second time. Yeah. I forgot about some of the bits. They were just yeah funny, you know, and just little lines and the, and the, Okay, okay, yes. I told you we would do this. So overall, sure. I know that's a really quick movie review, but um, what's your overall impression of the movie after you see it? Because you, you saw it for the first time this week. Yeah. Um, I think I probably, like I enjoyed it a bit more than I thought I was going to do after I've read everybody's reviews. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I probably would watch it again. Okay. It's, it's, um, I think you've got to like the Foo Fighters. Like their personality, or be interested in them in some way, probably. Okay. Especially, especially you've got to like Dave Grohl. Sure, sure. Because it's a movie about him. See, I I feel like you wouldn't have to be a fan. He's got the most to do. Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't have to be a fan of the band to like it. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where, if you watch, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have to be, but I think you'd probably be more. Oh yeah. Interested if you were. Sure. In a way, it's almost like watching a documentary. You, like I can watch mm. a documentary about almost any band, and it don't I don't you know if it's interesting. And I think kind of like the movie because the movie came across to me a lot better than I expected when I saw it the first time. I just thought, oh, this is going to kind of be like a joke movie. And I yeah. I had seen a couple of reviews really quickly about it, or heard some people say, oh yeah, I saw it, and it was just kind of you know dumb or whatever. But like that opening scene. Like when that opening scene played, and I remember just thinking, "Oh wow, this is not—I'm not getting exactly what I thought I was getting out of this movie." So, I don't know how, how do we rank a movie like this? Do we give it a on a scale of one to ten? On a scale of one to ten, one to five, how would you rank it? Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking like a seven. But you know what? Eight. I like most movies. Like. Okay. If a movie gets bad reviews, I'll always go in and go, "Oh, actually, I thought it was pretty good." <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I'm not really. Well, do you like the Foo Fighters? Yes. Okay, you're a pretty big fan? Um, not a big fan, but like I like all the songs that I hear on the radio. I've been and seen them three times. When's the most recent time you saw them? 
2017. Okay, okay. That's cool. I was going to see them this, like, around about now, I think. Mm, yeah, that's obviously, obviously that's yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, they are. That, yeah. I wonder, what do you think, uh, not not to go in go a big Foo Fighter thing, but we did have a Foo Fighter episode in this past month, and kind of, and uh, what would you say, uh, what do you think their future looks like with, with the drummer, you know, passing away? I think they'll be back in some form. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think they just enjoy playing t- together too much to give it up. I, I could see them recording because you know he recorded the first couple of albums where he played drums yeah and then because uh, like aaron said Cause it's hard for him to find somebody who drums as well as he does yeah as well as he does and because taylor seemed to fit that style yeah and it makes me wonder will he just get a drummer to play on the road you know do you think i'm not a big enough fan to know but do you think he could pull off the vocals on that with that band playing drums well, he's playing guitar as well. But drums, I guess, I think there's more mm, to drums than that, though. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is he'll probably carry on playing the guitar. and So it's easier, easier to sing yeah. and to front the band Yeah. when you're not drumming. Right. But there, were, there was time when they swapped. So Taylor came out and sang and Dave played drums. Oh, cool, cool. I, that would be kind of, I could see him recording drums for the albums and then bringing a drummer in and saying, this is what you have to learn to play, yeah. you know, it, and then have auditions and see, see who can come in and knock it out. So uh, I couldn't see, cause I couldn't see someone like a Mike Portnoy coming in and doing that, something like that. Cause he's too technical. And yeah, I think Dave's more of a feel guy, just aggressive and, you know, and Taylor was the same way. I mean, so. So, okay, I asked you this. I said, um, mm-hmm. to rank the band members in order that you liked them, like who was your favorite overall in the movie just based on their, you know, how they came across. On their across. performance in the movie and stuff. Yeah, how their character came across were to we, you. Were we just going to rank the top three? I, I listed four because there was four that, that really made an impact. And a couple of them didn't make – one of them really didn't make as much of an impact because I couldn't even remember his name. Uh, I think it was the guy that, <laughs> that let, I'll just call him the uh, the griller, <laughs> if you know who I'm talking about. I'm going to say I'm only going to do the top three because to me the other three weren't massively interesting. Okay, let me give you my uh, let me give you my number you four. Give me your number four. My number four, and this kind of shocked me because it's not what I would have expected. But my number four uh, was Taylor Hawkins. So who was your number three? Pat Smear. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. My number three, um, and it's not because of uh, the amount of time on camera, but my number three was Dave, Dave Grohl. Okay. Who's your number two? Rami Jaffe. He was really good as the hippie dude. He had a really um, quite a good yes. um, role. Oh, and he was just he had, funny. He had, he had a lot to do, and he absolutely nailed it. Yeah, he just that that whole. I don't know if that's his real personality, that whole stoner thing. But man, he was just yeah, he nailed that. He was so funny. Every he never had a bad scene when it was his time to shine. He mm. always like yeah, like you said, he nailed everything. So uh, yeah, uh, is it Rami or Raffy? Rami. 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 Rami Jaffe. Yeah, he's my number two as well. So your number one is obviously 
it, mine's Dave. I mean, he's the star. He's got the best to do, and he's good in it. Yeah, yeah, he is good. I, I chose Pat just because yeah. he made me, like, every almost everything he did made me laugh. He could just be standing there looking at Dave from across the room, and it made me laugh because he just, like I said, he kind of had a, if he wasn't smiling, he has that face that looks like it, he almost has the Dave Murray thing where it looks like he wants to smile even if he's trying not to. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I really did. I liked the movie. I was, I'm, and it's really good. I think it's really cool that they made the movie, especially given what happened to Taylor, because at least they had that left of him. And they probably, it's probably something they've talked about for years. Yeah. One day we're going to make a movie. One day we're going to make a movie. And even though Taylor, I really would have thought he would have had a lot more of the spotlight in the movie. And yeah, he didn't really have that much to do, did he? Yeah. I mean, he was. And, and when he did, it was, it was pretty flat, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did some good drumming in the movie. So. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, the drumming yeah. was great. I yeah. love that. Yeah, he was he was really killing it on the drums. So, so I guess now let's do. Yeah, I- so I'll just say as well, if you've got teenage kids, a nice Tim Burton movie like The Corpse Bride or A Nightmare Before Christmas would be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and if they're younger, Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, this is uh, the the language in this, and the one little sex scene that's in it is. It's it's a it's it's a little much. It's a little it's much, too if you, much. If you had, you wouldn't want. I mean, I watched it with a, I guess, a fourteen. You wouldn't want to sit there with your fifteen-year-old daughter watching it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, kind of like you know. And and take my <laughs> advice. Uh, listen to me here. Uh, don't take your daughter to see Bruce Dickinson spoken word shows either. If she's fourteen or fifteen, so uh, <laughs> you'll strike out twice in one week, like I did. So, so okay. So now, uh, any final words on the movie, or is that what you had? No, that's fine. Okay, okay. So let us now, let's finish off our top uh, 11 songs with hell in the title in some form. Um, yes. So so this is the real big ones here. This is the, <laughs> like I'm looking at these five songs and man, I love all five of these songs. So um, I am surprised that some of them got higher than some of these other ones though. It was really hard to put them in order cause I'm like, because none of my artists are the same. I feel like it doesn't matter. And if there's 10 songs you like, they're going to be. Yeah. I like to rank them, though. You know, the counselor likes it. It makes it's, it. It's not as easy to rank as an album. Right. Yeah. It was definitely more difficult. I had to just start moving them around a little bit. And then at a certain point, I just stopped. I was like, okay, I don't know what else to yeah. do. Here. So, what is your number five hell scary song? Well, you've, um, you've had this band, Akadaka. Ah. Okay. I've been obvious. I've got Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell.
can't argue. I was sure you were going to have this. You know, I was, and I just so, thought it was a little obvious. I wasn't really going to talk about the music so much, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you a story about what feels like the most played song on Aussie radio. Go ahead. The song's about the Canning Highway, which okay. is the, the road to Fremantle where Bon Scott lived. Okay. Um, it was called the Highway to Hell because there were a lot of fatalities on that road. Oh, wow. And as you said, I drove down it at the weekend, mm-hmm. went to Fremantle, had a look around, posted a photo of his statue on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, this is about driving out of Frio towards Perth to the Raffles Hotel for drinking a party with his friends. And that hotel's still there. Very cool. Very cool. And the other thing is, 40 years to the day after Bon Scott's ashes were laid in Fremantle Cemetery, that was March 2020. So... This is pretty much the last thing that happened in Perth before lockdown. The Canning Highway was closed, uh-huh. and more than 150,000 people came to watch a 10-kilometre concert stage performing non-stop on trucks. Ooh, very nice. And also, Perth took the world record, the largest air guitar gathering at that festival event. <laughs> it was 3,722 people played air guitar together. What song was it? Highway to Hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. That's cool. That's cool. So you live in a historic place. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Were you one of those people playing guitar? No, I I didn't actually go because um, I was away for the weekend. And also being somewhere, there's 150,000 people. Wasn't that attractive to me? Sure. What's the the little instrument that you have? The... um... Oh, I've got a ukulele. No, 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 the little blowing one. Oh, recorder. Maybe y'all should have an air recorder. <laughs> Everyone pretends. Air recorder. <laughs> People would be glad they wouldn't be able to hear me playing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So my number five is from an album that Matt and I reviewed earlier this year. Let me see here. Every one of these bands. I've reviewed an album by on my podcast, me and, and uh, let's see, some of them were just me and some of them were not just me. So, but this one is the opening track from Danzig to Lucifuge and it's called Long Way Back from Hell.
it is just a fantastic song. It is, it's a, you know, Danzig's lyrics are, it starts out. The first line of the song is sold into slavery down in new Orleans. It's, it's, it's a, it's a long way back from hell and you don't want to go with me. So I, I, I love the song. I've loved that song since I, uh, accidentally got into dancing all those years ago. You know, that's one of the, that back in the day when you would buy an album because the album cover was cool. Yeah. And that's how I got the first one. The second one didn't have a cool album cover. I just bought it cause I was into it at that point. But, uh, okay. So number, uh, that's number five, number four. Now we're getting down to the even nittier grittier. <laughs> what is your number four, Kirsty? A song from the Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. All right, and which song is this going to be? It's also from Ordinary Man, Straight to Hell. to hell i thought about that one too that's a great one yeah not as not a spooky subject just a absolute banger that's got itself onto quite a few of my playlists yeah that riff um, that, no, no, yeah. No, 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 no. that's a good it's a just single that came out at the end of 2019 uh-huh. so it's incredible that he's still putting out such good music um the hell that he's referring to is drugs wow um and the lyrics tell you exactly how bad drugs are he says at one point, I'll make you scream, I'll make you defecate. <laughs> and yeah, and that, that's what happens, isn't it? And I'll make you lie, I'll make you steal and kill, I'll make you crawl until your final thrill. So, scary yeah. in that respect. Um, Very scary, yeah. But it's got this choral intro that reminds me of the Sisters of Mercy. And then Ozzy sings, all right now. And it's just like, oh, so cool. And Slash plays guitar on this, so of course the solo is great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, so, a really yeah, good song. A really I, good upbeat song with a great energy. I did consider that one. That one is because uh, mm. I because I thought you know I, I remember seeing it and then I kind of forgot about it because I was like I don't want to put that on there and I didn't want to put Hellraiser, you know that from uh, No More Tears. I, I, I'm, no, not big, I'm not a big because fan. Because of Lemmy. Yeah, well, Lemmy co-wrote it, but they've re-released it now as a duet kind of thing, and mm. I definitely, 
I wasn't a huge fan of. The, I liked the original back in the day, but I definitely was not a fan of the remake. I thought Lemmy's vocals just completely ruined the song. But um, you know, I know some people like him, but it's just, his voice doesn't do it for me. So sure. Um, my number four is a song that I got to hear live this year when I saw Judas Priest uh, back in I think it was March or April, whatever month it was. Uh, they played a, the second track from my favorite album, in my opinion, the best Priest album, Painkiller, and it's uh, called Hell Patrol. drum intro thing it's a drum and guitar i don't know if you can hear this but let's see if we can hear it cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah i was i was thrilled that they played that because the the new the new tour they're doing doesn't i think it i don't know if there's any songs from painkiller maybe one and when i saw them they played at least half the album, like five or six songs from Painkiller. I was like, this is, it couldn't get any better for me. <laughs> so other than just playing the whole album, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, their songs are just rippers and uh, I just love that song. So I, I didn't do as much research into the songs as far as the music and uh, the lyrics, like the way yours are very, um, yours are very well thought out. Mine are, just like this song's badass. <laughs> I just kind of well, picked my I think favorite. That's what I said about Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Give you one there. So yeah. Uh, so the next song is going to be your number three. What you got for number mm-hmm. three? This is the album that um, I made my whole family listen to on the way to Fremantle. It wasn't ACDC because uh, I was doing. I was <laughs> made them take part in my research. And I made them listen to Welcome to My Nightmare ah. by Alice Cooper. Okay. And I was originally um, going to go with the title track. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband said, what's this ridiculous music? <laughs> and the thing with the album is it's very theatrical, like a soundtrack. And the opening track's got bits of disco and funk and some brass and everything. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe I'll pick another track. So... I picked a song about spiders with Vincent Price as narrator. What could be scarier? So I've got the Black Widow. Oh, yeah. These words he speaks are true. We're all humanary stew. We don't pledge allegiance to the Black Widow. Horror that don't bring. 
Black Widow. Our minds will be his toy. And every girl and boy will learn to be employed. The Black Widow. I think it just rocks as a standalone song. And I like that under under the, all these theatrics, there's just some classic 70s rock there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool song. That's a really and cool. um, have you listened to the album Human or East You, a tribute to Alice Cooper? Um, I Various have. artists you have. So Bruce you know does that, that song, right? Yes, Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith Yeah, yeah. are on that Black Widow. And it's actually because... He's not known for being good at covering songs, but it's actually really good. Yeah, it's a pretty good one by Bruce. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that one. It's the way it starts out, you know, that uh, we're all humanary stew. Bruce yeah. Bruce doing that is pretty good. He does that. He's a pretty good one on that one, too. So, sure. And, you know, I think that was the that's why they wanted to use uh, uh, him on Number of the Beast, uh, Vincent Price, right? Yes. And he was just too expensive for him, so. That, that they got the dude that does Count Duckula instead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, thank you to Wayne for for showing that one to everybody. So. <laughs> um, Dave Mustaine and Marty Freeman are on Schools Out as well. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard. Uh, Megadeth is another band that I just don't think does the greatest covers. So they they just stay really true to the covers usually. Yeah. So, um, so- yeah. I like when a band puts their own stamp on a cover. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Megadeth, mm-hmm. and funny enough, we're talking about Alice Cooper at the same time. Uh, this is, I, I don't have any artists that are the same, but I do have two song titles that are exactly the same, if you catch my drift. So my number three, and Megadeth had multiple choices for songs with Hell. I mean, they have a they have one on the new album, but I went with the song from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh yeah, go to hell.
it's it's just a song basically about you know what that movie. There's a part where they go to hell in the movie, you know, and then they just pull one over on the Grim Reaper and they sneak out of hell. So, <laughs> but I uh, love that movie. Yes, I do too. Did you see the third one that they put out? No, I didn't go. Um, I really must see it. I keep meaning to. We rented it. Uh, just watched it at home. I should have went and seen it at the theater, you know, because we've been waiting so long. Hoping. Yeah, my mother-in-law did. She went on her own. Oh, cool. Um, Rude. <laughs> yeah, I we did we rented it and 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 we enjoyed it because both of my kids have seen the first two and mm. we liked it. I, I liked it. I thought it was it was it wasn't as good as to me. I like the second one the best. Yeah, same. And it wasn't as good as the first one or the second one, you know, because they're older. But it was still. Just oh. having the characters brought back to life all these years later, it, it's definitely definitely worth it. Definitely worth. Yeah, it's it. definitely something I'd like to see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I love the song "Go to Hell" and just there's just something about someone saying "Go to Hell" because it's just an emphatic statement, you know. Like you know, mm. on the Alice Cooper song, you know, you can go to hell, and just the the the, the yelling of it on the Megadeth song, just like "Go to Hell," it's just. I love it. I love it. But it's just a fantastic song for me. So, uh, you know, and it, 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 as, as anybody knows, uh, I like Megadeth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that brings us down to our top two. And we don't have to do it the old fashioned way and name our number one. Now we can do our number two because no one has any idea what either one of them is. So. Um, so number two, Kirsty, what is your number two? Well, I've had Bruce Dickinson twice. Now I'm going to have an Iron Maiden song. <laughs> they are a favourite band this is Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone it is the Iron Maiden there's Zone there's so many songs to choose from but I'm going to choose one with Hell in the title Hell on Earth track on Sinjutsu. Hell on earth, the closing choice. That's a good choice. I mean, you can't, I can't fault you for that one. I mean, that is a, uh... just so good. Um, if this had to be the last song in their last ever album, it would be perfect. Yeah. That's what a lot of people I want say. To get into that. Um, it's over 11 minutes long. Unlike a lot of their recent epics, it doesn't feel like it. 
Oh man, me. it feels like it could be longer. It needs to be longer. Like that intro, it's too, that intro is over two minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. I could listen yeah. to it for a bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. I could like put it back on when it finishes happily. Absolutely. Um, it's it's modern era maiden, but they've still got a gallop. It's still got a singing on chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favourite thing about this is the way Bruce sings on it. It's incredible. And he just emphasises the first words of all the verses. Mm-hmm. But on that quiet section after it slows down, and he's singing, he danced on the graves that bled for us. Yes. Just sings that so nicely, and then he just bursts into looking anger. It's really powerful. And um, another thing I like is the way it kind of speeds up and slows down just a little bit for the different solos. Uh-huh. But then I read that that's because the pace wasn't matched up when they stitched them all together. Interesting. But I don't know. I don't care. I think it sounds great just like that um, amazing yeah. song. It didn't yeah. it, it hurt but, my feelings hearing it that way. I mean, hearing it the way it is, it's yeah, it's all we know. So <laughs> exactly. we didn't get to be in the studio. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I can't, can't definitely can't argue because it's kind of about just growing older, right? And yeah. just some of the rigors of it and things you like and don't like about it and looking back and seeing things and and it, it's it's like people talk about it's Steve Harris writing about being an old guy. <laughs> you know, it's hell on Yeah, and sometimes like, you're just like, Oh god, old whinging old man. But yeah, you know, this is really good. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I'll take yeah, and like you said, if that is the way that they're if that's their final album and that's the way it ends, man, what a way to go out. That's just a great uh, closer and it fades out. <laughs> mm. So my number two, maybe, maybe this time tomorrow, I might have heard this song live. Maybe I'll hear this song live in less than 24 hours. Uh, it's by a band as anybody, if you've listened to the whole podcast knows Wasp, because I am going to see Wasp in about 12, in about, I'm assuming about 21 hours, I will be seeing Wasp. So pretty, I think the time changes when I go to uh, Las Vegas. So it might be 21 or 20, might be 22 or 23 hours, but cannot wait to see Wasp. And I'm hoping to God that they play one of my favorite tracks. Uh, I, I love their whole first album. But this song is just one of the one of the bangers. It's called Hellion.
Hellion is, is a song. It's one of those. It's just like I said, that album, when I heard it back in 85, 86, whatever it was on, you know, side B of rats invasion of your privacy on a blank 45 minute cassette. Oh man. I just fell in love with it. I just love that album so much. It's fantastic. I mean, it, it's, I mean the one, two punch of, of I want to be somebody in love machine is just, oof, it's, it's, it's badass. It's just an awesome album. And uh, yeah, Hellion is just a song that it's just one of them. It's just one of the songs on that album that I love. I just love the whole album. So I am looking forward to hearing it tomorrow night. I assume that they'll be playing it because it's supposed to be kind of an early days type of show. So very excited about it. So, and that brings us my wasp, my, my just completely uh, going in circles about going to see wasp again. That just brings. Now you're so excited. I am. I am. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen, I mean, I have not seen what I had one chance to see wasp in 85. As everybody knows that my, evil mom and dad would not let me go mainly my mom i think would let me go with my grown up uncle he was a dad taking his son who was my age was my really good friend back then wouldn't let me go with them very frustrating that i missed i know my mom wouldn't let me go to um well my parents just gonna blame one parent um wouldn't let me go to doddington ath the, mm. the one with them i made seventh son year yes that's and I was nearly 17. Yeah. How far away did you live from there? Well, yeah, quite far. That, that <laughs> I don't know how I was going to get there. But, I, yeah, it, they, it was okay anyway because I got to see them later that year, not at Donington. But all the other bands sure. were really good that year. The, the, the Kiss and Wasp show literally was 30 or 40 miles from my house. And I could have easily spent the night with my cousin or something like that. Mm, yeah. So, that, you know, very frustrating, you know, because that was the, not the original band, but uh, their guitar player, that was the last tour he was on. He was out of the band after that. So, but um, yeah, that was very, very cool. And I got to see them in, uh, th- that I missed that. It's not very cool, actually. I'm sorry. It's very cool that I got to see them in 1989 on the Headless Children Tour, which is what a lot of people regard as the, one of their best. And 1989, like July of 1989. And now it's October of 2022 and I'm about to go see Wasp again. So it's kind of something I didn't really expect would ever happen. So really cool. Really cool. So um, that brings us to our number one song on the list, Kirsty. So what do you have for number one? This is perfect for Halloween. It genuinely frightened people when it came out on Friday the 13th, 1970. It is Black Sabbath. Uh Black Sabbath.
Starts with the church bells and um, and the riff's got the tritone interval that used to be called the devil's chord mm-hmm. and it just sounds really scary the way it's been used here and yeah. um, lyrics to scare the story of it what is this that stands before me yeah it's really it's really a creepy thing it's a really creepy it thing. is and apparently it really happened apparently geezer butler really did see a figure in black at the foot of his bed that yeah yeah that's really cool yeah that's really so, cool because he, he painted his room back black and put up inverted crosses and read a book about the occult before he went to bed <laughs> probably not a very good idea yeah probably didn't go to bed sober either probably not. <laughs> anyway probably um, not. yeah the music the lyrics aussie scream they're all terrifying imagine just hearing this back in the day when heavy metal was new oh gosh yeah there wasn't anything that i would yeah you know, there wouldn't yeah. be anything like that yeah so uh, but the other thing that's cool is it just it just changes up into some classic 70s blues rock with a great solo because <laughs> like at the heart of it it's just good music it's not just scary yeah 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 that's funny that's funny it's not funny at all <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's i'm sorry i'm tired I've, I've had a long week um but yeah that's really i mean you can't go wrong with that the eponymous song the of the, the title track album band name everything Black Sabbath. I mean, it is a it's a scary song. It is a scary song. Um, and I wish I had thought of that, but I didn't. So my number one, my number one, shouldn't come as any surprise to anybody. Goes like this. I think you've mentioned this one already, Kirsty. Yeah, I might just have mentioned it a minute or two ago. Yeah. I did think about having it as number one. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to surprise you. It was the obvious number one. I was really hoping that that was going to be your number one. Because I was like, imagine... Uh, no, you wanted number... us to have a lovely match-up, didn't you? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, at least I we had one. talk about it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, But yeah. that that leads us to... Um, to the part of the show that most people uh, that usually makes people mad, it usually makes somebody mad. There's always somebody that 
Yeah, this is what you're all waiting for. <laughs> There's always something that people don't like that we do. It's it's and it's so I thought you know, there's a, there's um there's obviously going to be some bad songs out there too. Yeah, but there's so many out there. It's like I don't know all the songs. It's it's hard there's to narrow them down. When you can when you can pick it from anything that's ever been recorded ever. Yeah. It's hard to narrow it down. So it we're is. just going to stick with one song, aren't we? But well, here's the thing. Well, you, the way you just said that, when there's so many of them out there, when out of everything that's ever been recorded, but sometimes something, some song, just stands out for being, uh, and 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 again, we we used a little bit of constructive rules here. We kind of said it's it has to be something to do with hell, right? Yeah. Um, and and you know, I had a. Uh, had a song earlier that I that I did that said um, something a little similar to it. I don't know if you remember. It was called "Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be." Mm-hmm. You recall that? Yes, I do. Hell ain't a bad place to be. <laughs> so we were talking about it, and we're like, "What? What would? What would be a good song to pick?" Or what? I'm sorry. I don't mean to use the term good when we're talking about this song because I don't want to mislead anybody here. So what what I asked Kirsty, I said, Kirsty, what would you say is the worst song ever that has hell in the lyrics? And think about it and let's see what we come up with. And strangely enough, we both came up with this. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious, right? <sighs> how, 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 how can anybody listen to this song? And, and it's not just, like, this is a, you can tell this to me, this is a Yannicky written, uh, no, this isn't even a Yannick written, this is Steve Harris solo, I believe. Here goes. Yeah, it's, it's so out of character for Steve Harris, isn't it? Right yeah, about it's like a sex song. Licking a kickstart. <laughs> yeah, that literally sounds. I, I almost don't believe. Yeah, that sort of thing Bruce would do. That sounds like something from Tattooed Millionaire. Yeah. It literally does. And I'm not just saying that because we hate this song and we hate Tattooed Millionaire. Here goes. And it's got gang vocals. Gang, yeah, and they're not done well. I don't know. I don't know if it's bad or if it's just really disappointing. You know, something Wayne said. He said that maybe people think the song "Fear of the Dark" is is so good because every almost everything else on the album is so bad. But yes, he called it fear goggles. He called it what? Fear goggles, like fear goggles, but fear goggles. <laughs> That's funny. But the thing is, if we think this song is so bad, it's not. You don't think it's so bad because it's on an album that's so bad. You just think it's golly, it's just something that drags it down. It's just garbage. Ugh, it's disgusting. I'm disgusted. <laughs> Are you disgusted, Kirsty? I'm disgusted right now. <laughs> 
No, yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a um, that's that's definitely a way to look at that. Um, and, and you know what's the really? Did you go to that? Did you go to that tour? Yes. So here's what's disappointing too. They've played that song live a total of say I don't know eighty times, eighty times maybe. Whatever, however many times they played it, 117 times, whatever they played it live. Both of us, of all the concerts in our life we could have went to, <laughs> had to go to a concert and hear that song live. Yes, because I had to go to that Donington and not the 1988 one. That one they wouldn't let me go to. Mm, that's pretty <laughs> rough. I, I hope... Um, I hope Mrs. Prince is not listening to this because I'm very disappointed in you. I'm pretty <laughs> you sure know. she would have made it this far through. Yeah, yeah, she's she would have been like, uh, uh, golly, they just she doesn't call it waffling; she calls it yammering. So she just said we were yammering on too long. So, yep. Well, I think that there's not a whole lot more that can be said. Um, what do we say? Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. Have a great time trick or treating. Trick or treating, or um, or watching horror movies, or watching horror films the night before. Don't watch horror films the night before. Um, witches and folklore. Yeah, yeah. Debating witches and folklore, you know, because then the unknown troubles on your mind. Mm. Oh God, what's the next line? Fear of the dark. Hey, there you go. There you go. That song's a lot better than the one we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, no, that's a cool song. Yeah, it is. It is. And Fear of the Dark would have been a good song to fit on this. Uh, this. Um, so let's just say this. The, the worst song on on Fear of the Dark for me regarding Fear, Scary, Hell is From Here to Eternity. And the, oh, my, my least favorite is Fear is the Key. But what? that also fits. Is it because of that rappy section? I hear your secret heartbeat. I hear your silent cry. Yeah. Is that... But that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just realized that yeah, there's two songs that have fear in the title there. Fear is the key. Mm. And, um, yeah. Yep, just, don't get them mixed up by accident. Just a bad album all around. Weekend Warrior, The Apparition, Chains of Misery ain't that good. The Fugitive ain't that good. I was thinking about The Fugitive the other day, and I just remember thinking, what a crap song that is. <laughs> like, Like, it could be good. You know, and, and compared to some, and compared to from here to eternity, it's hallowed be thy name. But for sure, but gosh, but it, it's, like, it's it gonna be not a go to for me. It could have been good. I mean, listen to this. Like it sounds really good. It starts good. You know, and then it's all that on a cold October morning. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. They're trying too hard here. Yeah, it's a bit meh. And 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 it's a good subject, you know, but. Here we go with Steve, you know, having to write about m- more movies and and that w- that's a good choice for a, a movie to write about, but he just he just wasn't in a good place, you know, because I think the next album he's going through his divorce. You know, maybe his wife heard Fear of the yeah, Dark. Yeah, maybe things were already starting to kick off. Or maybe his wife heard Fear of the Dark and she's like, yeah, maybe is- she heard him recording it. In the- <laughs> this isn't going to work out, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> In the next room or something. Oh yeah. man, that's I, I don't want to joke about anybody's divorce, but uh yeah, maybe maybe this had something to do with it. Could have. So happy Halloween, everybody. Um so uh on behalf of myself, on behalf of 
Uh, let's see here. On behalf of the, golly, I got to try to remember all your titles. On behalf of the, the official historian, the official translator, the official administrator, and what was the new one? Uh, reviewer. The official, re- the official reviewer. On behalf of our uh, friend that we love so much, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Matt. We miss you here. We miss you here. We wish you were here with us. Uh, Your list definitely would have made this a more scary episode, I'm sure. (laughs) On on behalf of our families, our kids, um, uh, what else do we say? Good night. Good night.